I've been thinking a lot since we've been reading this book about how we should run things here. So I just had a couple of new rules that I'd like to talk about that we're going to enact for the show. A few new things. Like, so from now on, Ezra, you've, you've been a little funnier than everybody. So what I need you to do is I need you to be a little bit less funny so that Chris and, and Stephen and I don't feel too bad. You're kidding, right? I mean, I can't help that you're not as funny as me. You want me to be less funny? Well, right, but you have to understand how we feel, right? And and for the good of everybody, it would be better if we all, like, were just the same level of funny. I think it would make the show a little more balanced, right? Well, I'm not feeling funny at all. Does that mean that everybody has to be down at my level? Yes, and uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to take over your summaries. So from now on, you will ri- keep writing summaries, but I will read them so that I get all the credit for them. Wait, what's the logic in that? Well, his his impressions are really good, but I'm the host of the show, you know, so it makes more sense for everybody if it's coming from me. Alex, I, I, you realize I spent like actually 10 years in development on this new kind of joke that I've, I've just pulled out. I mean, you want me to just take that off the market because it's, it's too funny? No, 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 of course not. That would be terrible because uh, that, that joke is really good. So you have to write jokes for all of us now. What? So that we can say your joke. Right, because you want us to all be that funny, right? No, no, I'm that funny. You guys aren't that funny. That's, that's not my problem. This is not called The Ezra Show. I mean, this is a show for all of us, like, especially because Chris isn't very funny. He needs that joke. And it's about need jokes. It's not about what you want, Ez. It's not about you. It's about Chris needs to be funnier. Fuck you, man. I'm quitting. No, you, you can't quit. It's illegal. Yeah, what are you going to do? You uh, need my summaries. You need Ezra's funny. Well, you need Stephen's je ne sais quoi. Well, we okay. You know what, uh, Stephen? What do you bring to the table, by the way? <laughs> I I uh, I am the guest. Right. You need a guest. You need a guest. Look, I don't care if it's illegal. I'm quitting the podcast. I'm out. I, 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 I can't Ez, do my work like this either. All right. I'm out too. Chris, come back, you guys. It is. You can't leave me like this. Steven, you have to do the work of everybody now. That does not sound appealing, personally, so I am also out. Guys! Hey, Chris. Steven. What's up? I heard some rumors about a, a secret, like, podcasting valley. All right, there's this guy there named John Galt. Who is John Galt? I have no idea. Anyway, he has, like, a, a podcasting setup. You just, everything's different. You can be as funny as you want there, and, and no moochers like Alex will get it. Yeah. Wow. Well, we should probably go there, then. Let's do it. Let's start our own podcast. Good evening, Meat Tuxedos. This is the podcast of excellence called Read It and Excellent. I'm your host, not Alex. I'm Chris. And uh, we're going to have a great episode today. Uh, Let me introduce you to our other brand new excellent panelists. It's Ezra and Steven. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm funny, and for my humor, you will laugh. You are funny, but I'm telling you that not for your sake, but for my sake. I'm normally a guest here, but I'm going to start earning my keep, so now you may consider me the podcast's maid. <laughs> well, that's great, because we've needed a maid around here for some time. <laughs> so normally, you know, back back in our old lives, Ezra would be funny, and I would do a summary, and Steven would be here sometimes. But we all do different things, simpler things, simpler things. So Ezra, you are the master of your own destiny. What are you doing for the podcast. I can't really be funny anymore because there's a, a small chance that if I was funny, the jokes could get out. Someone like Alex could profit from them. I, I, I can't be sure about it. Right. So uh, now I just write haiku. <laughs> All right. You write haiku. Uh, would you share that on the podcast or is that just you write them and put them in your pocket? I, I could share for this, this podcast that won't be broadcast anywhere. And Stephen, uh, you're not just merely here sometimes. Uh, what are you doing for the podcast now? Well, I'm actually going to also be doing haiku and competing with Ezra. <laughs> I support you in that. May the best person be the best. Uh, agreed. Hey, and if uh, my haiku business for this podcast beats yours, you're welcome to come write haiku for me. Thank you. Likewise. 
Okay. Well, now, of course, because in my former life, I was a judge on the last debate. I will now judge the haiku that you have both written. And this being fair competition, the loser will have to kill themselves. <laughs> uh -oh. Or become junior haiku writer, whichever one they feel like. Uh, now we will flip a coin as it is fair, and a coin is currency and the only true value that there ever is in the world. Here we go. Tails, Steven, you are up first. Go. To the small, cold boy whom I kindly gave my coat, you owe me money. <laughs> Thank you. Ezra. Alex is a moocher. He mooches off my funny. He is not funny. Alex has two syllables, dude. Since when? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think syllables are an objective value here. I'm just pointing out. I'm not on the show. I'm just telling yeah, you. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, subjectively, I think yours is probably a little more apropos, but objectively, like, I followed the structure, so. <laughs> Fine. Fine. I'll kill myself slash be your junior consultant. <laughs> It's a good thing we have all this science technology on this podcast that we can allow you to both kill yourself and become Steven's junior assistant haiku writer. The sound he makes when he kills himself will also open the door for the junior writer room. In fact, let's listen to that now. <laughs> haiku. <laughs> As the maid of the podcast, am I going to have to clean that up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a pretty good podcast of the uh, Read It and Excellence. <laughs> the most excellent podcast with excellent hosts. Please be a fan of us on Face Excellence. <laughs> <laughs> Good afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. This is episode number 40. This is our 40th episodiversary. Uh, I think uh, you're supposed to buy rubies for us now. Sure. Uh, and we're supposed to buy Corvettes and Hotter Wives. <laughs> uh, anyway, we are the podcast about bad books, movies, and television. Today, we are talking uh, about Anne Rhine's Atlas Shrugged, uh, which, in which she proves that writing sci-fi is just as difficult as writing political philosophy. <laughs> this is the third 14-hour chunk of the audiobook that we have endured, which means we have wasted almost a full work week on this Fuck. book so far. For, um, for reference point, so I have three hours a week of one class I have. This would be like a semester and a half of a class. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to read the audiobook along with us, you can. It is free to you if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash weep, all one word. Audible has sponsored us for this, so if you sign up for a free trial membership with that URL that I gave you, they will give you a free audiobook, and uh, it'll benefit our show. And you get to keep that audiobook even if you cancel your subscription before the trial starts charging you. So give that a try. No strings attached, and uh, and you keep us podcasting. Let me introduce today's panel before we go any further. Uh, first of all, before he became a podcaster, he was the best metallurgist in Chile. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ezra. Uh, I might be late for breakfast because I'm looking for your dead body. <laughs> you probably won't find it. <laughs> um, also joining us today, before he became a podcaster, he was the best brakeman on the Taggart Transcontinental Railroad. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Chris. Yeah, I could probably help you find that phone. Chris is reporting live from my living room, which is kind of exciting. Adding to Zurich and the Bay Area and Seattle. He's now in my presence. Yeah. 
You know and, what? We can actually give a high five on that. Yeah, we can. Wow, that was real. 40 episodes in, and this is the first time that two of us have ever been in the same room during a show recording. It's very exciting stuff. Yeah. To be fair, Ezra sometimes hides in my closet. Huh. We weren't really supposed to tell anyone about that, but yes, that does happen. <laughs> Gross. Well, let's move on. Also, we have a very special guest today. He, he used to be a writer who believed that when one deals with words, he deals with the mind. But, of course, no one would publish his work. So now he's our fishwife. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Steven back to the program. Hey, uh, this introduction is going to cost you 15 cents of gold. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, we'll take it out of my bank account that the pirates started for me. <laughs> <laughs> We're done and done. <laughs> of course, I'm your, and of course, I'm your host. Uh, before I became a podcaster, I used to be the hottest actress in Hollywood, but they never gave me a part worthy of my talent or my looks. My name is Alex. Wow! So now you serve lunch in the cafeteria? No, now I would do I do productions by myself. I am the only actor in the valley, so I do one man shows all the time. Sounds boring. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to. Okay, before we talk at all about the book, though, it's important to get a plot summary down. So, Chris, here is your challenge for today. You, oh, God. You have 60 seconds to summarize, and I would like you to summarize in the style of a businesswoman blackmailed into confessing a secret affair over the radio. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do I summarize like that? Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job, okay. but I, my okay. understanding is that she never has any emotion at all. Fuck. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm made of emotions. That's my problem. If you need something to confess, I have a lot of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> your clock will begin when I hear your first word. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, New York City, America, Spaceship Earth. <laughs> <laughs> These have been trying times for us all. The country is in the midst of a uh, recession. Uh, it is rebounding slowly. And on top of that... You may have heard some remarks about a book called Atlas Shrugged. In this book, <laughs> Alex, Alex <laughs> Alex is laughing in person. It's distracting the I'm hell so out of me. I'm so tickled by this. Continue. <laughs> in this book, you've heard some allegations that there may be a futuristic utopian society hidden in the mountains of Colorado where everyone who you thought had disappeared really had been living, performing simple tasks such as gardening, or whoring themselves out for small bits of a gold. Now, some people you may have heard on major news outlets have said that I won't tell you where this is, that I, Dagny Taggart, have been sleeping around with steel executives or innovators or anyone else, really. And uh, while these allegations are true, <laughs> I think it's important to recognize at this point that you are all moochers. Each and every single one of you are moochers. <laughs> Feeding off the fat of the land which we have provided. Those are our calories, goddammit. <laughs> and you, the moochers, will not relent. Therefore, I will take my leave, eventually, and live in Atlantis. Thank you. <laughs> that was exactly what I've got out of the book. That was perfect. Gotta do it for me. Now that we know exactly what happened in this uh, section of the book, 
it's time for us to tell you how we feel about it. So as always, we will start and end with a compliment and put all of the crap in the middle of the sandwich. So uh, Stephen, as our guest, you have the right to go first or last in the compliment sandwich round. What would you like to do? Thank you. I think I'm going to go first just because uh, I think everybody's going to take my compliment. So Okay. Damn um, it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So my compliment is uh, in this section in particular, there's some, some good science fiction things. Uh, Project X was pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I like the, the like sound password door, <laughs> which like you have to say that, that this phrase, but you have to say it in a way that where the computer knows you meant it the right way. Like that's pretty awesome. And then like the whole thing where like that how this uh this little aristocracy day camp is hidden. <laughs> it, didn't they say something like it's using the same principle behind a desert mirage? But yeah, yeah. That, don't you have to be dehydrated for that to work? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, hydrated and going crazy. <laughs> right. That's yeah. the state of the country, though, guys. That's why it works. So that's a really good point. I, the the door thing was especially ridiculous because it wasn't like because there's no computers yet. She didn't predict that one. <laughs> so it's like there's like some really intricate panels in the metal door that like reverberate only to the sound of that. Yeah, it's, it's probably like a crystal set where it's a series of tuned crystals that pick up <laughs> that pick up on truth. Yeah. yeah, right? Like, dogs can smell fear, crystals can smell truth. That totally makes sense. He, he could also just pay a dude to hang out behind the door. <laughs> it sound like, you're yeah. never going to get that open. Willard, uh, <laughs> you, you may want to open the door, man. Yeah. He's falling asleep. Ah, Willard! <laughs> Chris, since you, on the, on the grounds of you having said damn it a minute ago, you get to go second in the compliments. Mine is also related to Future Paradise. It appears as though... Everyone who is aristocratic and uh, means what they say can also fly a plane perfectly. <laughs> Dagny Taggart yeah. can fly a plane. Where did so that come can from? John Galt. So can Hank Reardon. All of them fly planes awesomely. It certainly is convenient when someone's like the whole book, they've been like taking these six day across country train journeys and like, shit, all of a sudden I'm in a hurry. I'll just drive the plane that I can fly. <laughs> and Dagny like flies the plane. She's like, Oh, well, shit, this is way faster. I should have been making planes this whole time. <laughs> Trains are bullshit. It's like Superman realizing that he doesn't have to jog everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Ezra, since you laughed last in that last joke, you get to go next. I deserve this. Um, I appreciate there's some innovation here. Where? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, right? So we spent like maybe 750 pages making Dr. Ferris and all these you know, bad people out to be super, super evil. And I thought that, you know, surely Ayn Rand would have run out of ways to make them evil. But no, she's going to explode goats. <laughs> that was such an awesome weapon. They were like, here's a field of goats in the side of an empty field. Surely Project X won't hurt go Oh my god, they're killing the goats! <laughs> With sound waves! What the hell? I appreciate it, because, you know, it wasn't just like, it wasn't like a puppy. It was a baby goat, right? Like, that's, I don't think I've heard a... A, a baby goat being killed with sound waves before. Like, this is legitimately new. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure in all of the Batman animated series that there have been, somebody had a sound gun. Yeah, but no one bothers killing goats. <laughs> if I can actually retract my last compliment, too, like, if, if you're going to call something Project X, it should be like, you know, making a new dimension or something like that, not killing a baby goat. <laughs> <laughs> Or at least make it a gun that's going to kill the world. Well, <laughs> right, right, well, right. They, they said, like, this has a range of, of infinity miles and can work in any direction, and they still thought to tie the goats up first because they didn't <laughs> want a fair fight. 
I would like to see that as a fair fight. <laughs> <laughs> what would the goat have to have? Yeah. yeah, what do we give the goats as a weapon to make that even? Earplugs and, like, you know, maybe, like, razor teeth. Oh, damn. That is going to keep me up tonight. <laughs> All right. Uh, on the strength of ha- not having gone yet, it's my turn. Um, my major compliment is that Atlantis, the mysterious uh, aristocratic paradise day camp, is not just – instead of being underwater like the original Atlantis, they decided to put it at the top of the Rocky Mountains, which means that all of these perfect businessmen are wandering around in their little town – delirious from altitude sickness <laughs> and with very strong erections <laughs> <laughs> but unable to conceive because you can't conceive at really high altitudes this is pretty hot then right like lots of boners no kids all they need is women and this will totally be fun there's like three of them no, there's, there's there's the fish wife and then there's the actress and then that's why everyone is so excited for Dagny to finally move in. They're like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's going to fix our ratio finally. Turn on greatness. Turn off <laughs> moochers. <laughs> <laughs> that's me too. <laughs> Folks, here's a story of Minnie the Moocher. She was a red hot huge moocher. She was the roughest. Anyway, okay, so... Uh, now, now that we've gotten the compliments out of the way, we can get into the real meat of the episode, which is beginning with, as usual, hate bingo. So for uh, hate bingo, everybody's come up with their list of worst things about this book. All right. My first thing for hate bingo reminds me of, uh, Stephen, your compliment, is that she clearly can't predict the future. Like, there's no computers anywhere, which is understandable. But also, like, they're using Reardon steel to make microphones. So there's obviously no concept of plastic at all. There's no thought that railroads aren't going to be a big part of the future. She's just a really bad futurist. Anybody else have that? No, I have her. She's bad at everything else, but I forgot to write down futurist as one of the specific things <laughs> she's bad at. Um, I have uh, future technology is one-dimensional at best. All right, I'm going to say we both tie on that one, then we each get two points for that one. It's something cool that just made me think of. She uh, she did predict a cloaking device, which uh, the Romulans have, so maybe this is set on Romulans. <laughs> Huh. You know, actually, Stephen, uh, the Klingons had the cloaking device first, right? And didn't the... did they have it first? Well, I, I thought that the Klingons <laughs> had the cloaking device, and the Romulans had the uh, photon torpedo, and then they had this thing where, like, well, we really want yours, and you really want ours, so let's just share our technology for a little bit before yeah. we. Go. I think you're. I think you're right. Also, who would have thought the Klingons would get it first, anyway? But anyway. <laughs> All right, that's uh, negative points for each of yeah. you guys, I think. Yeah, I, I think you each lose a point for Star Trek referencing. Absolutely I, worth it. I couldn't tell whether... <laughs> do it again. <laughs> All right, uh, Ez, what else do you have? Another disappointment. Atlantis isn't really uh, in Atlantis. Where, where are the mer people? This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, mermaid sex slaves. I, uh, trained dolphins. I told you I was going to be disappointed if there were no trained dolphins. And here we are disappointed. Um, totally. Here's a question. How would the mermaid sex slave work? A lot of oral? Yeah, a lot of yeah. oral. Yeah. Huh. And slavery. <laughs> you wouldn't have to pay them. That's, that's <laughs> the thing. They can get away, though. I mean, like... Well, not if they were a fish tank. So would you have to get into the fish tank? Yeah, sure. Why not? Not not all of yourself, though, right? <laughs> you don't want to get, mess up your hair? <laughs> Takes a long time to dry. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like the whale show where they slide up on the ramp to do... <laughs> and they're like, yeah, 
Hey! And they're kind of out of the water, but they can get back in. Why does it seem like every time I do this podcast, I end up Googling fish sex organs? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you just, you always are Googling it, and sometimes you do the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's correct. I was breathing like a fish in a Man, um, by the way, how boring would hanging out in future Atlantis be? Yeah, I mean, even like the arty musician types are like total business majors. And they're <laughs> like, hey, you know, I compose great music, but I really think that business is the true expression of the human mind. Yeah, shit. My favorite thing about Atlantis was that when they were in Atlantis, um, they were all doing like shitty jobs. They're like Business people were like the best toilet cleaner in the area. Yeah. And uh, she asked him about how everyone was doing jobs that were less important than, than they normally would be. And uh, John Galt says, there are no lousy jobs, only lousy people. And uh, that's such bullshit. Mike Rowe has made a career about finding <laughs> lousy jobs. That's the whole point. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this. Like some like some like some top-notch businessman gets to Atlantis and he's like, he's like well, uh, what do you want me to do? And he's like, well, we need the best hog masturbator ever. Yeah, right. So, so <laughs> and he's like, like, well, I'm going back to the moochers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They're like they're doing all the fun stuff. They're like, well, well, I ra- I raise the pigs and eat bacon. He never mentioned that he had to jerk off the pigs. Yeah, yeah. the the guy who like the plumber. Yeah, sure. It's all fun to be a plumber when you're laying pipe in a new valley. But <laughs> as soon as Dagny clogs a toilet, you know, after eating like from the best Taco Bell in the area, you got to clean that shit up. <laughs> laying pipe in a new valley, really dirty sounding. <laughs> I like that Atlantis would have more than one Taco Bell, and one would be the good Taco Bell. <laughs> But isn't that always the case? Isn't there always? <laughs> it definitely is. No Taco Bell. You know what else I was wondering about? Like the the competition in road stuff, though. Wouldn't also every businessman want to go create his own Atlantis in the mountains to compete with this one? Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, you couldn't because only John Galt has the technology and only Midas Mulligan has the money, right? Right. But so they made something where it's like, well, yeah, you could. It just wouldn't be that feasible. Well, so Dagnes would be made almost entirely out of railroad ties. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> railroad ties and rape. <laughs> <laughs> it's water. This is structurally unsound. <laughs> Man, when cold wind blows, that rape sure doesn't hold up. <laughs> I'm sorry, you have rape termites. I don't know. <laughs> God, now rape termites are going to keep me up on it. <laughs> hey, uh, Rant, I, I love being a part of the show when we do say do and say things that have never been said before. Like, it's, anybody? I dare you. They're eating away at my rape. <laughs> Who wants a new topic? I want a new topic. <laughs> Lightning bonus round. Hold on. I got like five more minutes of dynamite rape termite material. <laughs> <laughs> We found your uh, right up your alley. Yeah, we found that. what you bring to the table. I finally got my stand-up character. <laughs> Ready to go. Is it Rapey the Termite or some guy who rapes termites? It's, it's just a guy who talks about termites and rape. <laughs> How is that different from yourself? Yeah, large bodies, small heads, and six legs. <laughs> my, my stand-up character doesn't have glasses. <laughs> I got a question about, uh, about paradise. Uh, here's one of the quotes. Some of us have wives and children. But there's a mutual trade involved in that, and a mutual payment. He glanced at her, of a kind, I am not entitled to collect. <laughs> so he needs sex, and he just said, kids pay me for being their dad by sleeping with me. Right? Is there any other way to read this? 
I'm trying to think of one, and I'm because I want it so bad, and I can't find it. You just said you wanted it so bad. Yeah, I want there to be a reading that doesn't involve oh, child right. rape. Okay. I don't okay. want to. I don't want to Good. accuse her of that if there's any possible other way to. That almost that confused me. <laughs> no, I want it. I want so bad for that to be wrong. I just can't figure out how. Seriously though, this is my big question: like, how does Ayn Rand's philosophy work with babies? They give nothing but poop, and poop is not valid currency. <laughs> if you could shine if the turd. If you feed them gold milk. <laughs> maybe babies don't pay you in poop, but maybe what they do is they destroy food that you needed to get rid of, and the poop is just a byproduct. But still, it's like you're using them for a means then, right? The ends don't... I've got all this baby formula. If only I had a machine. But, but they're not a machine. They're a person. You're using them as a means to an end. Are you saying we should be paying babies for eating? <laughs> I... <laughs> Well, there has to be some kind of exchange. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> it would be funny to see, um, like, kind of a Muppet Babies version of this. Like, just like the same characters, but all babies and just, I don't know. That would be adorable. I would actually love to see the Muppet Babies have an Ayn Rand. <laughs> I'll look this up. Maybe they've done this. The Muppets present Atlas Shrugged. Jesus Christ. It makes me want <laughs> This piggy is clearly Jim Taggart, right? I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Right? <laughs> Animal would have to be John Galt. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Animal's got really... He's really got the handle on logic here. He's running the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> Is the Swedish chef actually uh, Francisco? No, no, no. He's the philosopher who's working in that diner. Axman? Yeah. Yeah. He's flipping burgers. He's like, It's a dollar cigarette. Can I... <laughs> uh, wow, you're a great Swedish chef. Can I offer you a position on the railroads? Uh, no, don't work for you. <laughs> As you should... might have a job summarizing the next segment. <laughs> this should be a regular segment. Just the Swedish chef talking. Ask the Swedish chef political questions. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, if 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 uh, Miss Piggy is Jim Taggart, then Kermit must be Cheryl, right? The shop girl. Yeah, but you have the best Kermit voice, so I was waiting for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jim, are you telling me you're not actually great? <laughs> I'm going to kill myself now. No, no, no. I'm going to go have sex with somebody else in front of you. What? That's terrible. No, that proves... That's what, this is what real people do. How dare you, gutter snipe. I thought your sister was terrible, but you're the terrible one. Jesus, that that was actually a lot better than the book. <laughs> <laughs> there was actual feeling. <laughs> The sound gun. <laughs> so many things wrong with the sound gun. I mean, I realize that Sonicare is awesome and it kills plaque like nobody's business. But at the same time, it also makes that whine sound. You know, like it's kind of like it makes a sound, but how do you not hear the sound and then die? You know, there's just so many things that are well, wrong. Well, they didn't tell us that the ghosts hear the sound. No, I know, but the people shooting the gun. Oh, well, clearly it's directional. Clearly. Idiot. <laughs> How does it stop? How does it stop? And if it goes on forever, there's a it doesn't echo switch. off a cliff and then come back, and then you're like, oh, fuck. I, I think you guys are misunderstanding. Those goats died because they were mooching off the grass of the land. <laughs> right. They were giving it poop. It was extinct. <laughs> you mooch once, and then all of a sudden you're flattened by sound waves. Uh... Can I... Can I point out how it, it kind of sounds in a way like you guys have the weirdest sponsors? Like, Audible.com, that's fine, but then, like, Sparknotes, Ben and & Jerry's, and Sonicare. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> if I read you a, a Sonicare radio spot, it would be like, Sonicare, it's not really made for brushing your teeth. <laughs> Sonicare, it might kill a goat. <laughs> yeah, and, and for, for the ad for Sonicare, Chris really did compare it to a goat-killing sound gun. So No, and, well, he, he, he raved about its plaque-fighting abilities, too. <laughs> it was a really good tie of product placement. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so guys, somewhere during your segment about goat killing, um, mention the plaque fighting power of this. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit our whole discussion about uh, having sex with mermaids and incorporate the story of me losing my virginity in a red lobster. If that helps. <laughs> Good oral health is part of your overall health. Philips Sonicare. Sonicare helps to improve your oral health. Its patented sonic technology creates dynamic cleaning action, getting deep between the teeth and along the gum line for a healthier mouth. Simplicity is brushing your teeth and helping to take care of your body at the same time. Philips Sonicare. Ask your dental professional about good oral hygiene. Awesome. All right, well, it is now time for the other half of our compliment sandwich where we go in reverse order. So that makes me first. For my minor compliment, there was more creepy spying on women while they sleep in this book, which <gasps> John Galt admits on several occasions to having just watched Dagny sleep for 10 years. Oh, that, so Edward has a ways to go before he can catch up to that. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, he'll live forever, so he's got an advantage on him. But uh, I love that she is sticking with the uh, – she's using classic elements of storytelling in this book. Uh, she's added the rape on her own and a few other things, but – I'm glad that she sticks with the classics with her. Watching women while they sleep makes them ho- think you're awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think that was in uh, Aristotle's Metaphysics. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing I remember from that from ancient philosophy, it was that they yeah. love that shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so continuing to go backwards, Ezra. My favorite thing about Atlantis is it's basically a hippie commune. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's great about it. <laughs> it's like it's, wow this is there's some irony here i think if you dig hard enough like in the end what's the difference between like paying a little amount that doesn't matter or doing it for free it's bullshit yeah right you're like well we're all rich anyway so that's here's 25 cents yeah here's a quarter and you're like yeah what? basically they've gotten down to symbolic payments which i think hippies do but they do it with sex and 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 smelling yeah it's smelling bad I, I love that she backed into that. <laughs> yeah, right. No, and, and this is before the hippie movement, so she actually... Yeah. <laughs> she started the commune idea. Yeah, right. yeah, it's all her. Yeah, not communists. They they didn't do that at all. Yeah, no. the, some irony, right, that there's some, some calm in both of that, huh? Also, uh, she hates communion whenever she goes to church. Doesn't take it. Yeah. And she also hates comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and the, that, that TV show, Community, not a fan. No, I can't stand it. Telecommunications is not her chosen industry. <laughs> Never compost. She throws all her food scraps in the trash. She is a commensurate hater. <laughs> when she has blintzes, she never lets there be fruit compote in them. <laughs> you know, she really hates the morning commute. <laughs> She'll never optically composite a movie. She can't work for Lucasfilm. She wants <laughs> us to get on with the compliment sandwich. <laughs> oh! Oh! <Hey>, <laughs> Your turn, Chris. So uh, come yeah. on in here. Oh, <laughs> so I, I I had an original compliment, but I decided that perhaps more appropriately, I should tie my major compliment with my minor compliment. Hmm, like a classical composer. 
Yeah, absolutely. Composer. This is this is my uh, this is my resolution. So uh, this historian... um, sorry, is this your fifth compliment? <laughs> so my first can share piano compliment. and Chris. Yeah, uh, for <laughs> for solo for solo Chris. <laughs> my first one was that uh, everybody can fly, and that's really cool. Yeah. And my second one is that Ayn Rand had a different version, a subtly different version of what a plane was. So in our world, planes can move up, down, right, left, move in three-dimensional space. However, Ayn Rand's planes don't do that. Ayn Rand's planes are, she always describes them as being controlled by wheels, so that you just have left and right, which means that in Ayn Rand's world, you steer planes left and right. Like a train. Like a train. It just no, has not like a train at all. Yeah, it's just a two-way control. Yeah. So when she's driving, you know, everybody has their one hand on the wheel, the other on their hoe. And I, <laughs> I really like that as, like, just the way planes work. So I thought that was nice. <laughs> she's never actually been in a plane before, so she can't dry, describe the cockpit. It's not a yoke. It doesn't go up and down. She's like, yeah, the wheel seems to be jammed. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she crashed in that death spiral. She was like, shit, where's the up? Where's the up on this wheel? <laughs> uh, excellent. Well, that... That leaves just one. Stephen, what is your minor compliment? Well, I know we kind of just did this, but I wanted to say as a compliment, she has encouraged me to start a rival podcast since... Since I'm just a guest, it's okay if I leave. So yeah, uh, starting next next week, you'll be able to find a new podcast called Stephen and Weep, which is uh, <laughs> is gonna be not about bad books, but more about my life of the past week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's just gonna be stuff that happened and everybody will yeah, cry about it. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a lot more tears based, um, <laughs> but roughly have the same format. And if you guys want to come guest on it, but um, you know, may the best podcaster win. I'd love to have just that and weep like family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everybody for joining us. This has been Read and Weep episode number forty. Join us again next week where we'll be talking about the final fourteen hours. Oh of- yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm really impressed with you guys. Let me just say that, like, you don't have people on often who I think compliment you, but this is an amazing undertaking from anybody who's read even a portion of this book, so I, I congratulate you folks, assuming you finish. <laughs> it doesn't kill you. All right. Uh, we will be back at you next week with that. Please join us if you think that we deserve it. Thank you for being here, as always, Chris and Ezra. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for being in my living room, especially, Chris. I hope you've had a nice time. Yeah, it's really distracting with you making all these, like, gestures and giggles. It's also embarrassing because now I can watch how many times during the podcast you get bored and start reading Facebook on your phone. Oh, I did that now. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, well, it's like the book. You know, there's some stuff that you gotta listen to, and then there's long rambling things. (laughs) There are parts of the podcast you can skip and you'll still get the general Well, I won't be contributing for a while. (laughs) I recommend the abridged version of this podcast. Uh, you know, by now, we've produced almost 20, 23 or so hours of podcasts that people could listen to, so it would be a steep undertaking now to claim you're going to listen to all of them. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I will not make that claim. Impressive by volume. <laughs> that's a good slogan. Yeah. That's, that's what they say about whale semen. <laughs> really? That's what they say about it's whale semen? It's not the consistency. <laughs> it's, it's not nutritional value, I'll tell you that. <laughs> 
really, it's all about being impressive with whale semen, not effective or gross. <laughs> <laughs> it is impressive by volume. Do you know how much it is? No, <laughs> how much is it? 400 gallons. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> like over a year or yeah. over a day? In or... a lifetime? Each time. <laughs> each whale, each time. Okay, but check it out. 10% of it gets into the, into the mate. Which is still 40 gallons, which is still a lot, right? Since a blue whale is proportionally that much bigger than a human, does that mean each semen is, like, Chris-sized? Each sperm? <laughs> each sperm? <laughs> it's like me just dancing around. <laughs> I mean, I think that the real issue here is there is also, I mean, 360 gallons of Chris-sized sperm loose in Wasted the ocean every time. per whale, per ejaculate. You know, if somebody invented a more efficient way to deliver the whale, whale semen, sperm. you know, uh, all the other whales would go out of business. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it's the, uh, I can't believe I'm about to say this, the size of the whale's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike raping termites, I don't feel like we're original on this. I'm sure there's some people have talked about the efficient delivery I'm system sure for whales. I'm sure there is some Japanese porn out there. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, guys, I, I gotta apologize. I went to Wiki Answer for this. Not accurate. Oh. Oh, okay, really? Good. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's more like two gallons. I'm sorry. 400 it's... gallons? It's <laughs> <laughs> so much. It's what it said. Okay. Right. That's like a semi trailer. Like, the joke's <laughs> on us, though, because we accepted it. Two gallons is still an impressive amount, right? Like, that is huge. But it's not that impressive in comparison to 400 gallons. Yeah, suddenly we're all underwhelmed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here's a question from Yahoo Answers. The question is, how big is a whale's vagina? Because I got a whale friend, and he's curious. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for me. It's not for me. It's not for me. My it's for whale, whale, whale friend. Wait, this is funny, because this is answer like saying, like, what type of whale? Like, normally it would be this. And then it said, oh, although Moby Dick wouldn't have a vagina, as he was a male, and he is dead. <laughs> he's, he's also fictional. <laughs> so many issues here. <laughs> yeah. Lose your vagina when you die. That's not how the world works. <laughs> like, oh, Moby Dick's dead. We gotta go take his vagina back. Is there like a, the resurrection of just the vagina? That whale's vagina was born again as Stephen. <laughs> you can fit a lot of semen in me. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! There are a lot of questions about whales' vaginas. <laughs> Also, for what it's worth, Chris has now gotten bored and gone back to Facebook. Apparently this deep in the whale semen conversation, he was like, fuck it, I got nothing left for you guys. I feel like you could just add a little, a little, a little ding or something to the podcast when I get bored. <laughs> Alright, I think we're done. So Unless uh, Steven can confirm the exact dimensions of a whale vagina. <laughs> uh, I, I did, but I closed that tab. I can get it back. Well, all I want to know is this. Could I fit inside one... Comfortably. I would say, just even off the top of my head, yes, and here's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, like, you know, we hear stories about, not stories, facts about how big a baby sperm whale is, right? And that's going to be way bigger than you, so if a baby sperm whale passes through the vaginal canal, it's so can Then you, certainly right? me, my couch, and my PlayStation 3. <laughs> <laughs> PlayStation 3 and a couch and me, even if we fit in a whale vagina, I'm assuming we wouldn't be comfortable. I'm assuming there are other atmospheric conditions. <laughs> Let's get a snorkel, what? There might be. <laughs> snorkel or not, there, even if I'm in a wetsuit, there's two gallons of whale sperm floating around somewhere. I don't want to bump into it. Yeah. 
<laughs> Alex, is this like a Nickelodeon show that you're picturing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's been spurred! <laughs> so, I think we actually have enough to have an entire episode now. We could have just done an episode on whale semen. I think you should still call it the Atlas Shrugged third part and just make it be whale semen. <laughs> I love Ezra's like I've been laughing too much like kind of weeping <laughs> <laughs> do your sound effect and let's go wah 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, great